This is the Patriot Cause with Bud Cornwell, United States Marine Corps retired. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. Welcome back, Patriots. This is the Gunny, and you're on the Patriot Cause. Got a great show for you today. We are going to talk about decision-making. More specifically, emotions derived on decision-making. Is it a good thing, or is it a bad thing? Obviously, I spent 20 years in the Marine Corps, and in the service you have to make a decision within seconds that can either eliminate a lot of lives or save a lot of lives so hopefully at the end of the show today you can understand that facts and the decisions that you make based on those facts 
is what makes America great and not emotions. Emotions kill people and they kill millions of people. So I'm going to start this off with Jordan Peterson. Dr. Jordan Peterson is a psychology professor. And in these video clips that I'm going to talk to you about, he talks about the importance that the decisions you make in life. He discusses paradise and hell, speaking things into being. Example, speaking truth speaks paradise into being, which is exactly using facts and truth to make a decision. The decision-making process of postmodernism, not shying away from the challenges of life and conceptualizing the highest good in life. Don't use postmodernism and all of this stuff to make decisions. Use the truth and the truth will set you free exactly what our Lord Jesus Christ said. The truth will always set you free. And you're going to have a whole different perspective on life when you use the truth to make decisions in your life. All decisions. Not specific decisions. All decisions should be made on the basis of truth and not, well, I feel, therefore I'm going to decide. With that, Listen to this first segment of Dr. Jordan Peterson. And human beings are in principle made in the image of that logos. And that's why we can speak things into being. And we do. And when you speak truth, then you speak paradise into being. And when you speak falsely, you speak hell into being. And that's the truth. And what that means is that with every decision that you make, you decide for yourself and for everyone else whether you're going to tilt the world a little bit more towards hell or a little bit more towards heaven. And that's the burden you bear for your existence and the choices that you make as you pass through life. And it's the fleeing from that that's at the bottom of the nihilism of postmodernism and the escape into the totalitarian certainties of idol worship. And none of this is fictional, because we've seen the consequences. Jonathan said, quoting, I don't remember the source, that there could be no poetry after Auschwitz. But that's wrong. But the poetry has to be about Auschwitz. The lesson from Auschwitz was never again. And fair enough. but. You, you can't decide not to repeat something terrible unless you understand it. And the way to understand it is that the small sins of each individual culminate in the great sins of the state. And so when you ask why terrible things happen in the world, the answer is quite simple. The answer is it's because you're not good enough. And it's because you don't tell the truth. And you know it. 
Jonathan said something I thought was very interesting. It's something I thought about, but I haven't talked to him about it at all. What happens as you move towards the truth? And the answer is everything comes together. It, it really, that really is the answer, is everything comes together. It, there's even a sexual element to that, because of course the highest element of sexual ecstasy is to come together. And around someone who's telling the truth, everything comes together, and that's the potential destiny of the world. It's something that you can partake in. It's the, calls, it's the call to the greatest adventure that there is. You can bring forth something akin to paradise by speaking the truth, and you can start in your own life, and you can start in, in, in the life of your own families, and these are people in principle that you love, and so why would you do anything but speak the truth to them? To protect them from reality? There's no protecting anyone from reality. Reality just is. You interact with it on, your, on its terms, and you do that by facing it forthrightly. And you do that by not shying away from the challenge. I spent a lot of time trying to understand the Sermon on the Mount. It, it's a very strange document. I'm going to tell you what I think it means. It means conceptualize the highest good that you can. And so you might think that would be the highest good for you, and it would be the highest good for the family around you that you love, and it would be the highest good for that family in the state, and it would be the highest good for the state in the world. And that would be the highest possible good. Aim at that, even though you don't know how. Aim at that. Make that what you want. And then tell the truth. The world wants to tell you that decision-making is a very complex process. But it's not. Decision-making based upon emotions is what makes it a complex process. When your internal I feel conceptual ideas come out and influence your decision-making, especially in times of crisis, is what damages the decision. Truth always prevails, even in making a decision. In the military, we gather intelligence, information, as much as possible before we make a decision on committing people's lives to danger. Why wouldn't the rest of the world do that? Why wouldn't the president or Congress, before they make a decision, have all the facts presented to them, and then make that decision. The reason is because sin is influenced into our human being. And thus, we do not want to tell the truth. We take the easy road and use emotions to determine what we're trying to do and what we're trying to accomplish. But truth is how you get to a decision that will last, that will become part of, as Dr. Jordan says, heaven. The highest good in life only happens when the truth prevails. And of course, in a military situation, a lot of times we have to make 
decisions that are going to destroy many lives on the battlefield. But it's a true decision. The truth gets us to the outcome. And the truth was used in World War II to defeat the enemy. Not the emotions of the commanders. But the truth decision based upon what they needed to do to accomplish the mission and thus save millions, if not billions, of lives on this planet to destroy the evil that that regime had brought onto the face of this planet. So I want to tell you an article that I read from Psychology Today. Again, these are all the smart, dumb people, as I call them. They have all these degrees, and they know everything. And they're going to tell you they know everything. And then they're going to say, this is how you do it. This is how you make decisions on a daily basis. Like it or not, emotions will drive the decisions you make today. Learn to make good use of your emotional intelligence. Learn to make good use of your emotional intelligence. Your emotions will drive the decisions you make today, and your success may depend upon your ability to understand and interpret your emotions. I'm going down a deep rabbit hole with this one. When an emotion is triggered in your brain, your nervous system responds by creating feelings, nothing more than feelings, in your body. What many people refer to as a gut feeling and certain thoughts in your mind. A great deal of your decisions are informed by your emotional responses because that is what emotions are designed to do. To appraise and summarize an experience and inform your actions. Don't need no facts. Forget about the facts. Just use your gut feeling, what you feel, to make that decision. Well, put it to you this way. Let's say I want to go get a loan. Okay? And I feel in my gut that I can get a million dollar loan. Okay? So I decide to go get that loan. And I walk up to the loan officer and go, I need a million dollars. I have a gut feeling that I got to get this loan to do whatever. Well, I'm here to tell you that bank guy is going to use facts. He's going to ask you questions before he decides to give you that million dollars. Well, what is your income? What is your financial stability? What references do you have? How many times in the past did you get a loan and you paid it off? All facts. That guy's not using emotion to de de determine the decision to give you the money, but you're using it to get it. Prime example of why emotions can never be used in a major decision in your life. But if emotions is triggered, how much should you pay attention to your visceral response and the thoughts it creates? Emotions are not particularly sophisticated or precise, but their speed and utility make up 
for what they lack in sophistication and precision. <laughs> I got to laugh when I'm reading this. It's amazing. Emotions, when they are not disordered, provide information about your circumstances in a simple, quick way that does not involve a lot of cognitive thinking about it. So they attempt to tell you in a situation is optimal or not aligned with your goal and how you might approach it. For example, imagine that you are negotiating a contract and begin to get anxious. If something doesn't feel right, it is your emotional system that is informing you to further evaluate the situation. No, it's not the emotional system. It's the fact that somebody give you some facts and it made you uncomfortable and anxious. And the anxiety overwhelmed you because you used your emotions to make it and it didn't work. So there you get anxious. But see, this is the twist. They're saying, well, because you got anxious, that helped you make the decision not to do that. No, the facts is what caused you not to make that decision. Unless you're just ignorant and, and could care less about facts. Then you just go do it anyway. And then your emotions drove you to make the, the bad decision. And then you wonder why it didn't work out. It's because of emotions. Instead of using real life facts. With that, I want us to go and listen to the second half of Dr. Jordan that explains exactly how the truth becomes the important part of decision making, especially decisions that you make in your life that affect your life, your family, and the world that you live in. And it's an adventure because you don't know what's going to happen. You have no idea because if you treat things instrumentally, if you treat people instrumentally, you use them as tools for your own desire. And that the problem with that is, what do you know about what you desire? Many things that you chase will turn out to be empty. Well, what happens if you just tell the truth? Well, the world will unfold around you in very strange and mysterious ways. And there isn't anything that's more exciting than that. And it's perhaps something exciting enough so that the suffering that's attendant on being would redeem itself by that adventure. And that's the call, that's the Western call to the individual. The suffering of being can redeem itself through truth. And it's not, it's, it's, it's not a rule, it's not a proposition that you need to adhere to like a good citizen. It's, it's the proper way of wending your way through the terrible world without making it worse than it already is and with the possibility perhaps of making it better there's no more exciting possibility than that, and no higher moral demand. And the thing is, as everyone knows it, you know when you lie according to your own conception of the truth, that there's something, something shameful and demeaning about that, and you know that it hurts people. And you think, well, why do you do it? Despite all that, and partly you do it because it's easy. And partly you do it because there's a crooked, horrible, hellish part of your soul that's more than happy if part of what you do is make everything worse to pay for the sin of its existence. Dr. Peterson goes into pretty deep stuff there. And completely understand that. But 
here's what he's really saying. When a person lies, it covers up the truth that God has put us in us from the beginning of when we were born. And that emotion is what drives people to keep doing it. Because they lie, people believe it, and then it turns into the truth to them. And or they don't care whether they lie or not. If a person lies and it doesn't infect their internal being, they're evil. They have no soul towards mankind or their fellow citizens in this world. It's, it's not this little white lie. We're talking about politicians and corporations and huge people that have control over this society. When they lie, they have no remorse for what they're doing, but yet they still know that they are lying. That's the difference between telling the truth. When you tell the truth, your soul is free to make the decisions that impact you, your family, your community, your country. And this is exactly what Dr. Jordan is telling us. The corruption of lying is tremendous in this world and in this country. It is a norm for people to lie. Don't care. And you cannot convince me that if a person lies, they don't know it and or it doesn't affect them inside because God created them. And they lie. They know it. They don't care because it's self-centered and it gives them power. Last but not least, got to have a bonehead. And this bonehead, again, explains emotions helping you to make decisions. What if I told you that there's no such thing as a purely rational decision? because you cannot make any decision in the absence of emotion. Back in the late 1800s, there was a railroad worker named Phineas Gage. While he was working, there was an explosion, and a long metal rod shot through his left cheek and out the top of his head, causing him to lose a big chunk of his brain, the ventromedial prefrontal cortex to be exact. When he hit the ground, everyone assumed he was dead. Surprisingly, within a few minutes, he was actually back on his feet. But something was off. He could no longer control his emotions, nor could he make rational decisions. Now, fast forward almost a hundred years. There was a neuroscientist, Antonio Damasio, who had a patient with a brain tumor in that same part of the brain that Phineas Gage lost. Damasio saved his patient by removing the entire brain region where the tumor was. Sure enough, post-surgery, his patient ended up experiencing the same thing as Phineas Gage. Damasio went on to write the seminal work describing how emotions and decisions are actually intrinsically intertwined. You cannot separate them. If you were 
to make a decision and rely on reason alone, you would have to analyze a never-ending list of variables. So instead, human beings have evolved to use emotion as a shortcut for decision-making. That thing you call your gut is actually emotion nudging you in the right direction. This makes life a lot more efficient. What a freaking idiot. The reason this railroad guy couldn't make a decision is he had a spike in his head. Not that he didn't have emotions. He had a physical problem. Therefore, he couldn't make decisions. But yet, they blanket all of this based upon emotions. And the emotions is what makes sense when you go to make a decision. <laughs> I've heard... Lots of weird stuff in my life. This is on the top of the list. This bonehead video that I watched has to be, no doubt, the top five of the stupidest things I've ever heard in my life. Decisions, right decisions, are based on truth, it's based on facts, and it's based on outcomes predicted based on the facts. If his ideas were true, that it's based upon emotions, then my gut feeling tells me I have got to go punch this guy in the face. Because that's what my emotions is telling me to do. Punch him in the face. Knock him out. But the facts is, one, you don't do that. You don't just go punch somebody in the face. Two, I don't even know who this person is or where he's even at. If I just use those two decision-making criteria facts, I've determined I can't punch this guy in the face. Duh! There's the facts. But my emotions tell me to punch this guy in the face. Does it ever end? Does it ever end? Can we get back to a country where people tell the truth and we become free again? I think we can. I think we can fight this evil in our country. We can elect the right people, work towards our communities, and do things that are necessary to stand righteous people back into positions of power or authority, depending on how you want to look at it, in this country. Last thing I want to leave you with is this. I went to my school board meeting this morning at 10 o'clock, listening to the school board, talking about all the things, the accounting, you know, Everything associated with the school board. There was no mention about CRT, no mention about any of this stuff that's going on. So after the meeting, I approached the school board and I asked them, how do you guys feel about CRT? How do you feel about this pronoun thing where you got 16,000 different genders? And this is what they told me. The board will not levy off of their foundation. And that foundation is no CRT, 
None of this pronoun stuff. A human being is a human being. A man is a man. It's really that simple. And if they know of any teacher in our school district, DeKalb County, Alabama, if there's any teacher that is violating the school board's regulations of this CRT crap, they're going to ensure that they take the appropriate action with that teacher. God-fearing country, great people where I live because we believe in a holy God, the truth, and human beings are not animals and nor should ever be treated as animals. Please pass this podcast. Go to the PatriotCause.com website. Send that website link to your friends, neighbors, everywhere. Let them be involved in listening to the Patriot Cause. And it may actually energize someone to stand up, speak up, and show up somewhere to say something about stopping the communist manifesto that is going on in America. Love all my listeners, every one of you. This is The Gunny, out.